One night, a young man brings his wife into town. She's pregnant and she's giving birth. They tried to rent a proper room, but the best they could manage was a stable. How embarrassing. After great anguish, a beautiful baby boy is born. Suddenly, strange men appear offering gifts not to the parents, but to the baby. They bow to him and worship. The stars are shining brighter than the moon. It is as if the heavens are singing. Who is this baby? And why is the baby born in a stable surrounded by animals, but greeted with such respect and honor? Today, Paradigm Switch is continuing on part two of Christmas on Trial. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order for us to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome. You're listening to the Paradigm Switch podcast, where we encourage our heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds to think right side up. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Please follow us so you can maintain the latest updates. You can see what's going on. And then also know that we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts because we want you to share our episodes with your friends, family, neighbors, church members, and even your co-workers at work because we want everyone joining in our conversation. Now, I'm your host, Avon, and I'm with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And we want to first say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. We want everyone to have a safe and wonderful holiday this year, and we just want to Continue on with our topic of Christmas being on trial. Who would think that Christmas would be on trial? Oh, I know. This is unbelievable to me that this is where we're at today. So, Just another crazy turn of a crazy year. Well, you know, I like examining these daily trends or these modern day trends, and we are breaking it down for the Christian to properly understand how to handle modern day problems so if you weren't if you're just joining us for part two you need to go back and listen to part one because in part one we discussed how there is a new theology or a new thinking that christians should not celebrate christmas because it is not a holy holiday and as we know a lot of people hold christmas near and dear as christians because it is celebrating the birth of christ into the earth realm so you need to go back to part one to listen to us putting Christmas on trial and trying to decipher and understand where the other side is coming from. And we went over its pagan origins and how Christmas has now become commercialized and is a distraction from um, the truth of God's word about Christmas. So go back to part one and then join us now here on part two, where we are going to be providing a little bit of a rebuttal. Um, because I personally believe that once a person fully understand the meaning of Christmas Christmas is every day, 365 days a year. So it doesn't matter what day it's on, but it's every day. Yeah, and I agree with this. You know, Jesus, you know, he was born. He's the greatest gift we could ever have. He ransomed us from our sins, and that's worth being thankful for and celebrating every day exactly. of the year. It just so happens that Christmas is like the kind of formal day where we have a holiday and we get together with families and, and celebrate this day. And I mean, we talked all about, you know, this idea of pagan roots of Christmas the last time around, and I, I made the case that it wasn't really like that. So again, 
go back and listen to that episode if you're wondering, you know, what in the world are we talking about here? Uh, and you also mentioned, you know, people saying, you know, we should celebrate Christmas because, you know, Jesus was not actually born on Christmas. And I discussed this again in the last episode, but to reiterate, uh, you know, do that there are some biblical scholars who think that based on the time where Gabriel appeared to Mary and also the time of John the Baptist's uh, being born, that they can place uh, Jesus being conceived in March. And so then he would have been born nine months later in December. And also during the day of Jesus's birth, the world was pretty much run and governed by the Roman Empire, which was the predominant world power at the time. And December 25th, Christmas Day falls during the winter solstice during the calendar year of the Roman Empire used in the early church uh, after Jesus had ascended to heaven and uh, a little a little later than that. Um, and St. Augustine in specific thought that it would be fitting for Jesus's birth to be celebrated in December because the winter solstice is the darkest night, the longest night, shortest day in the earthly calendar year. And before Jesus, we're in the darkest spiritual night, it's darkest spiritual, uh, lightest spiritual day. And then as Jesus came into the world, spiritual darkness lifts just as the day after the winter solstice, it becomes lighter for longer. Look at you making some connections there. I like that. Okay, go on. Yeah, so uh, so that's where we get the, the day of Christmas today, or one of the reasons. Okay. And I think that it's a great time to be celebrating the birth of Jesus. It's one of my favorite times of year. So today we're going to be continuing on on should, you know Christmas being on trial and whether the question of whether Christmas is a holy holiday or not. In today's episode, we are discussing the meaning of Christmas. And so I brought this up at the end of part one. Um, I found an article by Lance Ralston. I apologize if I got the name wrong. From December 2019, and he said that there's a twofold purpose to God, give you know God's holidays. And what he means by God's holidays in the Old Testament, God gave the children of Israelites um, all holidays to celebrate um, throughout His laws, um, such as the Passover, that was a major holiday. And so the purpose of these holidays was to regularly remind people that God is involved in human affairs, that God is present, that God interacts or has a mind for humans, and then. The second part is to train up children in the knowledge and heritage of the faith in God. So there's a twofold purpose that he illustrates on God's kind of purpose in giving the festivals and the holidays. So we're going to kind of use this as our guiding criteria to fulfill of is is Christmas um, biblical or is it holy? So just laying down first some preliminary truths around the birth of Christ. And I think Alex has some things to say about the prophecies that were um, mentioned throughout the Bible. Yeah, so there are, I mean, the birth of Christ, this is something that had been in the works ever since the beginning of the world. Mm -hmm. um, God knew that mankind was going to fall and he knew that there was going to have to be a remedy. And so he knew that Jesus was going to have to come. And so the Old Testament has over 400 prophecies that to do with how, how do we uh, identify the Messiah or the Savior of the world, the Son of God. And there are I mean, 400 prophecies, over 400 prophecies for one individual to fulfill. I mean, that is astronomically against anybody except Messiah being able to do that. And of course, he's the only one. Mm -hmm. And you've laid out a list of three of these prophecies that are quite important. Yeah, I think it's important to know, um, at least the first one, which is the major one, is that uh, Jesus, the Lord, is born of a virgin, of whose name is Mary, of which is significant because then Jesus is human, he's man, 
but yet has no human connection to the bloodline that passes down the sin nature or the sin gene, as you might will. Yep, and this uh, this idea of the Messiah being born of a virgin, that is found in Isaiah 7, mm-hmm. uh, 14. And also, Gabriel will proclaim this in Matthew 1, uh, when he's talking to Mary about yeah. the, the conception of Jesus. So this is a very important truth to um, remember, especially that surrounds the birth of Christ. Another one is that um, Jesus is born within the Israeli um, lineage, coming from alongside uh, the lineage of King David. Coming from the lineage of King David, yeah. yep. And that is uh, that's found in 2 Samuel 7, uh, where you know God is prophesying that, uh, or determining that Jesus will come mm-hmm. from the line of King David, or rather that the Messiah will come from the lineage of King David. And the last one I want to mention is that... Um, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Yep, and that is found in Micah 5, and it reminds me of that Christmas carol, A Little Town of Bethlehem, right? So how how sweet did they think we are. But anyways, so yes, so Jesus, uh, Messiah, Messiah was predicted, or was prophesied to be born Mm -hmm. from Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, and so... So I think it's important for Christmas to understand what was the purpose of his coming, because like I said, once you understand the meaning of Christmas, you would celebrate it just every day of your life and so it's important to understand why did jesus have to come what is so special about the world needing a savior and i want to i want to say from luke 2 14 starting from there this is when the shepherd gets the message from the angel you know saying that the king has been born and there's angels in the in the sky and they're all singing and they're saying and they're saying glory to god in the highest on earth peace goodwill towards men you know, people say people see this and they sometimes interpret this as the angel saying that now peace has come to mankind, that there's peace among men and that there's peace among the brethren. But that's not what it's saying. At least in my opinion, that's not what it's saying. They're saying that at the birth, peace towards mankind. Um, and I'm saying this, that there was not peace from God to man because there was an obvious there is at this time, there was a division in the relationship between man and God. Yep, so we talked about why did Jesus need to come? Why does Savior need to come? What is the true meaning of Christmas? And as you mentioned, there is a divide between God and, and man. And this divide goes back to the beginning of the world uh, in Genesis 2 because of the actions of Adam and Eve. Uh, and you put down here in our notes the scripture, Genesis two sixteen that talks about this. So the Lord commanded the man, Adam, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Mm -hmm. Dying, I think, both being physically and also really being the spiritual separation between God and man. Because you have to remember that before uh, the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve eating of the tree, God walked with them. Yeah, they they walked in the cool of the day. They had fellowship 100%. And so from that point on, man was separated from God and they, they became estranged estranged from God. And I wanted to mention, because I've I've said this on several podcasts in the sense of understanding it in this light, you know, God is in heaven, which is like a kingdom. He, like a country that God is in heaven. And so he has colonizers on this planet earth that he let man live on and so there was a connection like the united states used to have with england there was a connection and a relationship that they both had that england was the main country and then the united states america then was in connection or in underneath it 
And so that's kind of the same way that it was in this situation that God had sent man and said, if you want to maintain this good relationship with the country heaven, here's our treaty with one another that you don't bite this apple or whatever fruit it was. People say it's the apple, but I have we no don't, idea. We don't know what fruit it All is. All I know <laughs> is how, why, why would you be tempted to eat a fruit when you could eat from any other tree? Why that one? I mean, the Bible says that Eve gave him the fruit. Maybe he was distracted looking at Eve because, you know, they both were naked. So but he didn't know that at the time. <laughs> yeah. He I mean, didn't know that at the time. I'm just saying, I mean, she's holding some fruit and she, you know, who knows how she was holding it and was going like, hey. Oh, my goodness. This? But anyways, just like how a country has peace with one another, the same way was like this, that when man ate that fruit, our representative being Adam, when he ate that fruit, it severed the relationship ties with that country, that country being heaven. It was an re- act of rebellion. Exactly. So from that, there was now no relationship. And that's what the angel, I think, is speaking to, that peace towards mankind, that God and man now have peace with one another because the Savior, or as the Bible would describe, the mediator between man and God has now entered to earth, and now that redemptive process is now in work for man. Right. And this is important to note because without Jesus, uh, Paul in Romans describes the state of humanity prior to Jesus coming as, quote, being enemies of, mm-hmm. of God. And specifically, he says, while we were God's enemies— I think that's so hard for people to understand to think that you are enemies of God. Because, you know, we preach under this new grace that God is a God of love, that God is a God of mercy and grace. But to hear that, like, we're enemies of God, like we were enemies of God without Christ, like that's kind of like a hard concept to understand. I think that this stems from the act of rebellion against God, right? So it's implied when we decided as humans to rebel against God and, and, and fall into sin, when we chose to rebel and do what we wanted, we, in effect, were placing ourselves above God. We were setting ourselves up to, to, be, to be God, which, of course, would put us into opposition of God as he tells us, you shall not have any other gods but me. That's in the Ten Commandments. And so when we decide that we know better and when we are going to do what we want instead of what god wants it's a it's rebellion and those are those are not really peaceful processes and and then furthermore in jeremiah 17 9 tells us you know the heart is more deceitful than everything else so we have this wicked heart that wants to be above god and so we became an an enemy of god because how do you get above somebody how, how do you beat them mm-hmm. you, you destroy them mm-hmm. in in, a, in effect and so you're an enemy at that point and unfortunately that was the state of the relationship between god and humanity prior to jesus coming you know we, that's all that you said is true all that you said is true but another aspect to that i'm just realizing is that you know when man fell he fell from under god's kind of protection you know he was under god and god was like his spiritual connection now when Adam ate that fruit, man had no connection, but his connection, his, he had no connection with God, but now his spiritual connection went somewhere else and it yes, went under it filled the vacuum. It went under the control of Satan. There's a scripture that says that God has translated us from the kingdom of darkness, meaning the kingdom or the authority of Satan into the kingdom of his, his dear son, which is now the kingdom of God or the kingdom of Jesus. But before that happened, man, all mankind was subjected, sub, was it? Subjected. Subjected, subjugated under um, the enemy. Yeah. 
Which is Satan. Terrible state of affairs. So because Satan is the enemy of God and you're now under his camp, under his kingdom, you're automatically deemed just like a, a fighting country with one another. Yeah. If you're in that country or a citizen of that country, you're automatically deemed with the in, the other country that you're fighting an enemy because you're of that other country. So there's another aspect to that that I have just now realized. And it goes into our next purpose to understand the meaning of Christmas is to understand the spiritual warfare. Um, it's important to not always read the Bible just, you know, through the lens of physical earth. You have to understand that there... Through the five senses. You through mean. the five senses, yes. There is another... There's another world, the spiritual world, that the Bible speaks to as well. And you have to kind of... The Bible describes see it through the eyes of faith. That they, yeah, so there's another dimension out mm -hmm. there and so there is a spiritual warfare that was happening way before man came into the picture between god and satan that is true satan uh satan fell before man mm -hmm. was created and we, we talked about this back in october when we discussed the truth about the devil but essentially he rebelled against god we don't really know why we think it was a pride related issue and he took a third of all the angels with him so they're there started a spiritual warfare in the sense that it was Satan versus God. And um, uh, Satan was the one who wanted to corrupt man. Exactly. And believers need to understand that there is a spiritual war that was happening. And so Jesus is the main player in that war that was happening behind the scenes um, between um, God and Satan. And Satan, you know, you can go back to our episode um, back in October where we discussed that Satan is real and his ultimate objectives um, to get more information to that. But I'm just going to say that Satan is actively seeking how to disrupt the plans of God, including the plans of your life and my life. He hates us. He yeah, hates he, us. he hates us. He wants nothing good for us. He wants mm -hmm. to destroy us. He, he's called the, the devil is prowling around like a lion seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And this is, the, this is the enemy. And we do have an enemy. And unfortunately, there are a lot of believers, as we discussed in that episode, who don't even believe that we have an enemy. You can't, you can't read the Bible and not acknowledge the, the, the enemy in the Bible, which is Satan. And then I have in my notes saying that when Adam fell from his position of authority on earth, it was given over to Satan. And so Jesus came to disrupt that. And some of you don't are probably saying Satan had authority over the earth, and I can prove it. Yep, it's in, uh, in Luke 4. Exactly. The devil, this is when Jesus is being tempted by the enemy. Uh, the devil taking him up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you. Hold on. You can't give something you don't have. That's correct. You can't give them something you don't have. And he says, I will give you in their glory for this has been delivered to me, saying it was handed over to me. What is he talking about? He's talking about when Adam fell, he handed over the keys or the authority over the earth from man to, to Satan. So understanding this concept of the spiritual warfare, of which we would have to do a whole long series to understand the spiritual warfare that's involved in the Bible, it has... Uh, multiple layers involved in what we're just touching upon now and this relates to christmas because that warfare was coming to an end by the birth of jesus this is the first step in the redemptive plan of christ and you know i was remembering our um, the windy a like books oh yes yeah if you if, if our audience has not listened or read or listened to because there's audio tapes of it of the Fall Lucifer, Wendy, Alak books, because it goes into details kind of showing the behind-the-scenes spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm between God and the enemy, where humans are caught in the crossfire. And one of the things I would have mentioned about those books that's so powerful, I remember the 
the fight that came from um, Satan to ensure that Jesus did not come into the earth realm. I remember that too. It was so much, he was destroying um, so many people in the sense from the beginning of when God said that I will give a savior who will crush, you know, will crush your head, you'll bruise his heel, but you know, he'll crush your head. That Satan was actively trying to prevent the birth of Christ. You know, he was trying to um, pollute the bloodline. He was trying to kill off the children of Israel, um, by, you know, sending wars and confuse them and all this kind of stuff. It was always an attack to ensure that Jesus did not get born in the world. And even when that happened, mm -hmm. he still would not give up. And he sent plans to Herod to kill all the babies in Bethlehem, necessitating mm -hmm. Jesus and his family flee to Egypt, which also was a messianic prophecy, by the way. And, you know, when you understand the behind the scenes warfare that was going on, you appreciate how much effort God was going through to save mankind. I mean, most people just think God's redemptive plan just started with Jesus, of which, like, the finality of it was coming to an end once Jesus was born. Like, it was like, okay, we're reaching the end, the end goal because now the Savior's here. But God was working from day one of when Satan, you know, tricked Adam and Eve. You know, he, you know, God carved out Abraham and ensured Abraham, you know, you know, have a seed of which he got through Isaac and God protected that seed. And through everything that the children of Israel went through, God was protecting that seed of which Jesus would be born to save the world. Yes. I mean, because there are so many times you see in the Bible where the Israelites would disrupt, you know, disobey God and disrupt his plans and stuff. And God would get so angry, but God kept his word and his love for us was so great. You know, God's, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that his love was so great that he, he persevered through all those trials to make sure that Jesus came to save us. Yep, and, and that's what we appreciate at Christmas. That is the reason why we as believers celebrate Christmas, because this is when Jesus gave the ultimate, or rather God the Father gave the ultimate gift he possibly could mm -hmm. to save us, and that was the son, his son Jesus, who would go on to die for us, as we'll probably talk about in Easter yeah. uh, early next year. But... And this is something we're celebrating. Yeah. This is like the greatest gift ever given. This is something that we should be extremely happy about. This is something that should be celebrated. And so this idea of, well, Christmas shouldn't be celebrated because, you know, it's it's bad and somehow commercialized, blah, all of that, as we talked about in the last episode, is absurd. It's yeah. absurd to me. I'm going to come out and say that. It is absurd <laughs> to me. And this is a day that should be recognized that Jesus came to save us. And by the way... We should be thankful for this all the other 364 days mm -hmm. or 365 days in the case of a leap year for every day. This is just a day we carve out to really stop. Normally celebrate it, yes. To take, a to take some time to stop working uh -huh. and celebrate this and think mm -hmm. about this. And yes, we, we give presents and we have Christmas dinner and we meet with our family and, and all of that is fine. But we have to remember in the midst of doing this, the reason why we're doing this is because Jesus came to save us, and it's a celebration of him, and it's a reflection of him. The giving of gifts represents the giving of Jesus to us. That's why we do this. You know, it's one of the feasts God said uh, to the Israelites that they should have all these different feasts, and so we have adapted this feast to recognize God's Son coming into the world, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's important. And singing Christmas carols to worship him and, and, and give praise to him for coming to this world. So that is why we as believers celebrate Christmas. Now, you mentioned earlier that we should look at Christmas in the lens of those two criteria we discussed earlier about uh, its effect on human affairs and the passing of biblical knowledge to from one generation to another. So does Christmas fit into that? 
I think this fits into the category of human affairs because, I mean, this is the top, top notion. I mean, he, God actually came to the earth where man was. And, and he, he became a man. He became a man and he saved mankind. I wrote here in my notes, crisis intervention came to save um, humans from their downfall. He was involved in the affairs of being burdened, man's affairs, of being burdened under Satan's authority because um, no, man had lost being under God's authority, so Satan took over. Right. And he didn't leave us helpless. Like Jesus being there. Jesus did not yeah. leave us helpless. Can right. you imagine? I mean, you and I talk about it, and I remember one conversation we had in saying, thank God for Jesus, because yeah. if Jesus did not come, man, we would be so lost and we would be doomed. Yeah, no, we would be doomed unless we had been fortunate enough to be born a Jew. Mm -hmm. And even then, I don't know if that would be enough, to well, be honest. Well, even with that. At least you would know the truth. But you and I, having been born in America, yeah, we would have been doomed. Mm -hmm. We would have been damned forever because we were not part of the chosen people. So mm -hmm. thank God we are under grace today mm -hmm. and not under the law. And for those who might think, oh, I don't need saving, you know, we didn't need saving. You know what? God wouldn't say you needed a savior unless you weren't in danger. You know what I'm saying? There's no need for a savior if you weren't in danger. And it's not a physical danger. Yeah. It's a spiritual danger. So what people have to understand, and if there are unbelievers who are listening to our podcast, this is something you need to understand. We have a soul in all of us. So there, there is a physical being in us, and there is a spiritual soul in us too. And I, this is a little bit of a tangent, but there's a, I think you can see evidence of this. If you ever are in the unfortunate enough situation to see somebody die mm -hmm. in front of you, as I have been. They say that the lights go off behind that person's eyes. That is truth. Mm -hmm. That's true. There is something that goes out of a person when they pass away and their their body that gets left behind their dead body, it looks like a shell. It mm -hmm. looks like an empty shell. I, I'm totally serious. If, if this is a situation that happens to you, this is what you're going to see, I think. And that, to me, is, uh, is shows that there is a soul. And so our soul is in danger without Jesus because it's under the dominion of Satan. And Satan is going down in the end of this time, and all the people under him are going to go down too. Because, like I said before, you know, when man stopped being in connection with the kingdom of God, man fell under the kingdom of Satan. So if you belong to him, you go where he is and— where that is spiritually in the spiritual world is hell. And there's only two spiritual places to go. Um, in the, you know, after you say a man leaves, you know, the spirit man leaves out of a man's body, there's either heaven or hell. And that's another episode we're going to have to do because some people don't believe in hell. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a black and white folks. There's no shades of gray here. There's no purgatory in the middle. You're, there's you're, no waiting room just yep. in case, you know, to, to make your claim. It is, you were either, as we say, you either rising up or you're dropping down. Yep. And that's a whole other topic of which understanding the justice system of God. Yeah, and we can talk about that's that. That's a whole too, other topic. Right? But to understand when you when you realize these facts and truths, then you go, thank God Jesus came. This, yeah, the stakes have never been high. This is the, the greatest state, the biggest stakes of any game exactly. ever played. And uh, we got to realize that. And and God truly intervened in human affairs. So, and he did. And this fulfills the criteria of did God interfere in human affairs? Yes. Jesus came here to help us and to save us. And then the second part is passing it down to children, to the next generation to follow. You want to take on this criteria? Sure. So 
the idea of a holiday, you know, you use this day to pass down the reason for why you're celebrating things, or if it's noteworthy, passing to the next generation. And I know, at least in my family, you know, we would read the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would go, we'd also, you know, be in church on Christmas Eve. We'd talk about the true meaning of Christmas in a very similar kind of, you know, message as this one. But you're teaching children with you so you you tell them the stories of jesus you tell you tell them why are we celebrating this day what its importance of this day uh the just the enormity mm-hmm. of this day and the amazingness of this day kind of like you know the way you and i are talking right now yeah you just have a similar conversation with your children so i i think that christmas does fit this criteria of it is passing biblical knowledge down to children through celebrating this day because you explain to them why and you celebrate. And that is a parental responsibility. Yes, it My is. My parents were explained it to us, though, the meaning of Christmas, why we celebrate Christmas. Because, you know, um, children ask questions all the time. Why? 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 Yep. It is up to the parents to say, this is why. So you can't blame and say, well, the world or the secular world sees it as a secular day. Well, right. that's your job as a parent to sit your child down and say, no. In this house, this is what we stand upon, and this is what we believe for Christmas. That's what my parents and did. And this is why we are participating this day. Exactly. That's what my parents did for Christmas. They told us that, oh, this is why we don't celebrate Halloween. And then they said, this is why we celebrate Easter. It's not about a bunny. You know, that was my parents taking parental responsibility and teaching us. And God places that on the parent to teach the parent, you know, to teach the children, you know, proper biblical, you know, godly knowledge. God puts that on the parents. So it's up to the parents to tell the children. It is indeed. So I think then that this does, a Christmas, does fit these two criteria of holidays worth celebrating. Yeah, I, I think it does. And I think it's it could be seen as a Christian holy um, holiday. Yeah. So if that means you want to decorate your house with lights, you want to put up your Christmas tree and decorate it with ornaments, you want to sing Christmas carols outside, mm-hmm. you want to burn a Yule log, and you want to eat Christmas ham for dinner, and you want to exchange <laughs> gifts with your loved ones, I think this is fine because as long as you do this under the knowledge that you are celebrating this mm-hmm. way because God gave a gift to you. Mm-hmm. So the Lord knows your heart and celebrating him through these traditions that Yes, as we talked about in the last episode, we're repurposed from these pagan uh, traditions because those people were ignorant back in the day before Jesus came. I think so long as your motive is to glorify God, none of this is sinful. Mm-hmm. I think believers have a duty and oh, an obligation duty. Duty? Okay. to celebrate the day of Christmas mm-hmm. because Jesus came into the world to die for you, and you need to celebrate that. And I want to mention like the different like symbols that you mentioned, you know, about decorating your house. You know, you decorate your house with lights to represent and tell your children. We we put lights up because Jesus came into the world and he's the light of the world. Yep. So that's what the lights symbolize. You know, we have the star on the tree because it represents the star that was in the sky when Jesus was born at the top, you know, in the sky and stuff. Yep. You know, we have um, we exchange gifts, you know, to represent, you know, the love and that God shared a gift with us. We share that with our loved ones, you know, giving a gift as well. We so sing Christmas carols because what singing is a way of praising God for exactly. Him. And then even the angels, they were singing they when were. Jesus was glory born. to God in the highest. You can't, you can't yeah. fight that and say caroling is bad because the, the angels, angels were full on were singing. singing. They so, were indeed. They were indeed. Yeah. So, but you know, we've laid out and put Christmas on trial. And, you know, I'm just going to say the verdict from my end that I totally 100% believe that Christmas is a permissible Christian holiday. It is biblical. It is um, a holy holiday that I believe that God is well pleased to be honored on. It's not so much that it's 
you know, on the day of December 25th, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is just remembering that he came. Like that to me is the most important thing is that remembering that he came. I agree. You've already heard me say we have a duty to celebrate yeah. this day. So, uh, and again, it's not the specific calendar day. Mm-hmm. It just happens to have some nice symbolism as we discussed earlier. So uh, we hope our listening audience enjoyed us examining and putting Christmas on trial. We pray that you listen to the knowledge we have shared out in both parts one and two. You know, pray about it. You know, seek the Holy Ghost to give you knowledge and insight on this. And I encourage if you are on the side that says that we should not celebrate Christmas, I encourage you to read Romans 14. I mentioned it in our part one episode talking about, you know, convictions and in implicit and explicit commandments in the word you just need to pray about it if you're conf- you know if you feel on this on the um what's the word you would say if you're on the teetering taut don't know what fence. to do you're on the fence you're on the fence there we go you're on the fence on what to do pray about it seek the holy spirit to lead and guide you on what to do so this wraps up our Christmas episode. We just want to tell our listening audience that Alex and I have enjoyed starting our podcast in 2020. It has been a very uh, fun and adventurous adventure to try this, both stepping out and doing something outside our comfort zone. Yes, uh, certainly out of my comfort zone. <laughs> but uh, so I, I hope that you know this has been helpful to our audience out there. I hope that it gives you encouragement and mm-hmm. it helps. Uh, give you knowledge because we seem to have so much confusion in these days and age there's a lot of confusion and the only way to fight confusion is no learning the knowledge of the truth of the word of god so that's why i love about our podcast is that we um discuss different modern day trends and different thought processes that are out there that can confuse a believer and putting it out there whether the topic is awkward whether the topic is unwanted we need to talk about it and that's the most important thing so this will be our last episode for the year not ever just for the year just for the year we're going on a short hiatus because we want to celebrate christmas too exactly we want to celebrate christmas and the new year and so the new year as well we want to uh want everyone to enjoy um, being with their families but you can still hear us if you've missed old, older episodes please go back and listen we have our first series on fear. We talked about Halloween themed topics. You we know, exposed the devil. We exposed the devil. We exposed witchcraft. We did. Indeed. And we got on different topics of Thanksgiving and jealousy and all those kind of topics out there. We are. Uh, yep. And we talked about the importance of giving. Exactly. So we want our audience to stay tuned. We're going to be coming out with some more fun and exciting topics um, in the next year, 2021. But please... Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook so that you can maintain communication with us. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your coworker, your church members, everybody. We want everyone involved and we want everyone to stay tuned because 2021 is going to be a bigger and greater year um, yet to come.